of visitation. Hear the Spirit call. Welcome to another podcast of Dr. Leslie Bakupon. Be blessed as you listen. Praise the Lord. Hallelujah. Just close your eyes. Begin to bless the name of the Lord. Just give it glory. Somebody just enter the spirit. Just lift up your voice. Lift up your voice. Escape from the realm of the flesh. Escape from the realm of the soul. Enter the realm of the spirit. Just lift up your voice. Lift up your voice. Lift up your voice. Just lift up your voice. In the name of Jesus. Somebody just give God glory. Give him praise. Bless his holy name. Declare that indeed he is the King of kings and the Lord of lords. The wonderful counselor, the mighty God. is the one that is crowned with many crowns. Lift up your voice and give him praise, give him glory. In the name of Jesus Christ of Nazareth. Thank him for provision. Thank him for protection. Thank him for his grace that is sufficient for you. And for his strength that is made perfect. Even in the times of your weakness, just lift up your voice and give him praise. Just lift up your voice and give him glory. Just lift up your voice and give him worship. You want to pray and commit yourself into God's hands as his word is about to come forth. We are dealing with a very important and sensitive topic. Sad topics the enemy doesn't like them being preached. But I want to pray today that the Holy Spirit himself shall open the eyes of our understanding. That we shall absorb the revelation in this word. We want to come against every obstacle to the entrance of this word. Because I believe this word will liberate somebody. I believe this word will set somebody free. We want to come against every opposition to the word right now. Lift up your voice and begin to pray in the name of Jesus Christ of Nazareth. Lift up your voice and pray. Lift up your voice and pray. In the name of Jesus Christ of Nazareth, the Son of the Living God. Come against every obstacle, we come against every opposition to the entrance of this word in the mighty name of Jesus Christ of Nazareth. We command burdens that would distract the minds of the people to be lifted right now in the name of Jesus Christ of Nazareth. We declare that the hearts and the minds of the people of God are ready, are ready to receive the word today. Pray that this word will make an impact in somebody's life. Let some yokes be broken. Let liberty be the portion of somebody. In the name of Jesus, them that have been enslaved, them that are in captivity, let the liberating power of the word, the liberating power of the Holy Spirit be released in the name of Jesus Christ of Nazareth. Shall we pray, Father, in the name of Jesus, we thank you for today. Indeed, you are the King of kings and the Lord of lords. Lord, we are gathered not in any name, but in the name of Jesus. Because your word says, wherever two or three are gathered in your name, you are there in their midst. Holy Spirit, we ask that you shall take absolute control. As I'm about to speak your word, may I not speak of my own accord. May I speak as you grant me utterance. But fed you of the fact that I'm a blood-born citizen of the kingdom of God. I take authority in the realm of the spirit. And I declare a supernatural injunction any activity of the enemy. We declare the hearts and the minds of the people of God sanctified and made ready for them to have an encounter with their Father through the way this morning. To 
take glory, Father, take glory, Son, take glory, Holy Spirit. In Jesus' most excellent name, and we pray with thanksgiving. Amen. Hallelujah. Oh, hallelujah. We bless God for this morning, and I believe we are all poised and ready to delve into the Word of God. Amen. And um, for those who joined us on Wednesday and those who have watched it later on Facebook, you know that I've started something on the dynamics of blessings and curses. The dynamics of blessings and curses. As I said in the prayer, the enemy doesn't like such topics to be preached, but we'll preach it. Hallelujah. We'll preach it. We'll teach it for people to be liberated. Amen. And on Wednesday, I established a few facts and I laid some foundations. One of the important things I spoke about is the fact that when it comes to curses and blessings, there are rules of engagement. And the fundamental rule is found in Proverbs 26 verse 2, where the Bible clearly tells us that a curse that is without cause will not stand. That means for every curse, for any curse to have an effect, there must be a cause, there must be a reason. There must be a good reason why the curse must operate. Hallelujah. That is the, is the basic rule. It's just like in football. One of the basic rules is that if the ball crosses the goal line, it is a goal. And it enters the net, it is a goal. It's fundamental. Like everything revolves around that. Amen. And so where curses are concerned, the fundamental rule is that if there is no cause for it, if there is no reason for it, that curse will not land. It may be released all right, but it will not land. And I started with sources of curses. And on Wednesday, I dealt with curses from God. Amen. I asked a certain question in the middle of the sermon that um, a lot of people ask, so can a Christian or a born-again Christian be under a curse? And you see, you, you can give a blanket answer no when you don't understand the fact that there are various categories of cases. Hallelujah. So the answer to that question is that it depends on where the case is coming from. It depends on the source of the case. In fact, one of the days, what I'll deal with is what I call self-imposed cases. Self-imposed cases. Yes, so we'll go deep into a self A lot of the things that are not, they are self-imposed. We'll deal with self-imposed cases. And so, when it comes to curses and blessings, the, the source is very important. And whether it can be reversed or not, depends on the source. If a higher power blesses you, a lower power cannot reverse that blessing. If a higher power curses you, a lower power cannot reverse it. Hallelujah. So, when it comes to curses from God, the dynamics can be different. And most of the, of, of, of the curses from God are conditions in His word. That means once you disobey, the things happen to you. you. You can't say because you are born again, the scriptures don't apply to you anymore. In fact, the truth is that the Bible is full of curses and blessings. That scripture is curses and is, is littered with curses and blessings. Blessings are mentioned 400 and something times. Curses are mentioned 100 and something times. Thank God the blessings are more than the curses. Hallelujah. It's about where you align yourself. A lot of the commandments are curses in disguise. Conditional curses in disguise. You can't tell me just because you have become born again, the word of God does not apply to you anymore. 
it still applies to you hallelujah galatians chapter 6 verse 7 says be not deceived for god is not more for whatever a man shall sow the same shall he repent thank god that is new testament before i'm told that um we are preaching law and preaching old testament stuff hallelujah it says whatever you sow you shall reap and he was speaking to the church hallelujah he was speaking to a church that means he was speaking to christians so being born again doesn't mean you are free to live anyhow being born again doesn't mean you are free to to do things anywhere there are still consequences for the things that you do hallelujah yes and so when it comes to the dynamics of the cases from god it's, it's completely different in actual fact let me ask this question you see on wednesday i spoke about the fact the first curses came from god in the garden of eden really when you look at those curses is it all of them that the death and resurrection of jesus christ has reversed he told the woman in pain you will deliver your children if you become born again doesn't mean you're exempted from labor pain you still go through labor hallelujah he told the man you will sweat before you eat that doesn't change when you become born again all i'm trying to tell you is that when it comes to the dynamics of curses that come from the god realm the dynamics are, are a little different so let's not make blanket statements hallelujah let's not make blanket statements. we need to break the thing down and understand you will tell me as a believer a fetish priest cannot curse you that one i support you 100 percent because we are operating at a higher level hallelujah you you can't come from the lower lower level of demons and come and place a curse on me when i am seated with christ far above principalities and powers amen so sometimes people look at things just from that angle and they make a blanket statement but there are conditions in the bible in the word that if you don't fulfill curses come upon you whether you are a believer or an unbeliever hallelujah what you sow you will reap they said well seed time and harvest time will never it will never look so long as the earth stands as for planting and reaping that principle will always remain and that principle even preceded the law <laughs> hallelujah let me not preach one of my sermons ahead of time when i talk about self-imposed curses but today we want to look at what we call relational curses relational curses or the curses of men relational curses i'm i'm referring to curses that come from fellow human beings by virtue of relationship virtue of relationship i'm talking about maybe the relationship between parents and their children a husband and a wife a spiritual parent and spiritual let me say offspring <laughs> hallelujah we are talking about relational curses here and let me make a statement um when it comes to curses and the effect of curses there's something i want to open your minds to the effect of a curse is not always sickness the effect of a curse is not always death the effect of a curse is not always divorce hallelujah one manifestation of a curse that people usually don't realize and because of that is difficult to neutralize is the fact that you may not see a raw negative effect of the curse but what the curse does is that it neutralizes a blessing in your life 
it neutralizes a blessing in your life take note of that some of these things you will not see death you will not see sickness but there's a certain blessing that that thing will delay there's a certain blessing that that thing will block hallelujah let me show you an example i've used this this scripture to preach so many times but i believe it's very relevant those who have been in church for a while you you know this inside out but for the benefit of those watching us online i want to go through this again on wednesday i showed you a certain scripture deuteronomy chapter 23 verse 2 there's a statement there there's a certain law that any child born out of an illicit sexual activity they refer to the, the, the child as a bastard he says shall not enter into the congregation of the lord even to the tenth generation shall he not enter into the congregation of the lord tenth generation this is, is, is a commandment it is a law with a curse attached to it that means if you do that up to ten generations they cannot come into the gathering of the people of israel now if you read genesis chapter 49 when jacob was pronouncing blessings upon his children one of the blessings he pronounced upon judah it was a blessing he pronounced upon judah was that the scepter or the staff of the office of the king will not depart from judah basically what i was trying to say is that the kings of israel and he said that will, will be until the real king comes he was talking about jesus christ until jesus christ comes judah was supposed to produce the kings of israel it was a blessing placed upon judah the son of of jacob and his descendants all right that means judah was supposed to produce the kings but as i mentioned in my previous sermon judah did something he made the mistake of sleeping with his daughter-in-law and that resulted in the birth of, of twins all right and this case was activated the deuteronomy chapter 23 verse 2 was activated now what this case did was that it didn't bring death it didn't cause sickness nobody became blind nothing of the sort but it worked to neutralize that blessing that jacob had pronounced upon judah that they were supposed to produce the kings it delayed it for 10 solid generations before the thing came hallelujah so it's like let me pardon me for using um, science examples um let's say you have you know acid and base you have a base is there if you pour an acid into it what is left the end result is not an acid and it is not a base the base has just been neutralized that is that is what some cases do to certain blessings you won't see the blessing and you will not see death you will not see sickness you will not see but the effect of the blessing has been neutralized and this is exactly what happened in this case and the evidence of this is in matthew matthew chapter one let's start from from verse three when they were giving the genealogy the genealogy of judah the one who committed the sin in accordance with the curse that was 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 pronounced in um deuteronomy chapter 23 verse 2 now look at the generations of judah i said judah begot perez and zerah those who were the twins that were born by tamar the daughter-in-law that 
he slept with. So Judah begot Perez and Zara. That's his Perez and Zara. That was first generation. So let's let's count the generations. Perez and Zara. That was one. Perez begot Hezron. That's two generations. And Hezron begot Ram. Three. Ram begot Abinadab. Four. Aminadab begot Nashon. Five. Nashon begot Salmon. Six. Salmon begot Boaz by Rahab. Seven. Boaz begot Obed by Ruth. Eight. Obed begot Jesse. Nine. And then in the verse six, it says, And Jesse begot David the king. Ten generations before the blessing was activated. That means for ten solid generations, a curse neutralized a blessing that had been pronounced. Hallelujah. So I just want to bring you to speed with this. That is not always that when they say it's a curse, sometimes the things are just neutralizing things that are supposed to come to you. They are just delaying things that, that are coming to you. But my prayer is that through this word, your eyes will be open and the Lord will, will reveal things to you. That the things that are delaying your blessings and delaying your progress in life will all be taken away in the name of Jesus. So let's go to relational cases. It was important for me to lay this foundation so that we know that cases are not always just death and, and sickness and things like that. Relational cases. Let me start with parents. Very, very, very important. Blessings from parents are powerful. And curses from parents are also very powerful. That's why those who are, of us who are parents, we should be careful the things we say to our children. Especially in anger. When we get angry. And the children too must be careful not to provoke the parents to say things. You see, there are some, there are some of the things, eh? I'll read certain scriptures to you. The parents don't even have to open their mouths to declare anything. The scriptures have said it already. It's there. Once you do it, you activate it. And the word of God is sharp. It's quick. <laughs> it works fast. Hallelujah. Some of the things. Let's read um, Proverbs chapter 20 verse 20. You let's see Proverbs chapter 22 verse 20. Look, no matter how your parent is like. It says, if you insult your father or mother, your light will be snuffed out in total darkness. That means you will never shine. You will never come into prominence. You, you Look, it's like people won't even see you. Things that are for you to gain. It's like they don't see you. They will bypass you all the time and give what belongs to you to other people. Your light has been snuffed out. It's like the spotlight has been removed from you. You are in that, You are there, but nobody can see you. You are working hard. But no progress. You are killing yourself. But no results. If you insult your father. In fact, how can you even open your mouth and insult your father? How can you open your mouth and insult your mother? Have you been to the labor world before? Labor pain is, is difficult to. One day take an excursion to the labor world. When you go back, you go and give your mother an offering. <laughs> labor pain. And, and as I said, the pain is whether you are born again or <laughs> it's a standard recipe, you know. It's worse when they give you epidural and it doesn't work. When your mind hasn't been prepared for the pain. And it doesn't work. Me, I've seen some before. 
when my wife was going to deliver the first time. Hey, I said, pain, yeah, this one pain, it proper pain. When you touch a car, I said, don't, don't, don't touch. I said, I'm sure because I was a man of God, she would have told me certain things. <laughs> she gave the anointing respect. Hey, it is not a joke. And for a child to take the mother through this, and for the child to open the mouth and insult the parent. You, you are a useless father. What did you do for me? You never did it. And it doesn't have to be in their presence. So. It doesn't have to be in their presence. They could be thousand miles away. If you say the same thing to somebody, you have still insulted them. You have not honored your parent. And he says, when you do this, your light will be quenched. Your light will be snapped out. You won't come to prominence. My prayer is that any such thing will be reversed over your life. If you have opened your mouth to say negative things about a parent, if it's both parents, grandpa or worse, may, may the Lord reverse, hallelujah, may, may the Lord reverse these things upon your life. Proverbs chapter 30 verse 17. Proverbs 30 verse 17. Proverbs 30 17. Listen to this one too. There are many of them, but I've just picked a few. He said, the eye that mocks a father and despises a mother's instructions will be plucked out by ravens of the valley and eaten by vulture. I said, the Bible is full of blessings and curses. You choose which ones you like. The eye that mocks a father. This one, it didn't even target the mouth that mocked him. The eye. And despises a mother's instructions. And you see, those things that apply to earthly fathers, earthly parents, it also applies to spiritual fathers and spiritual parents as well. Hallelujah. You know that scripture in Ephesians where it says, children obey your parents in the law. There has been a lot of debate as to what obeying your parents in the Lord means. Some actually believe that in the Lord means your spiritual parents. I don't know. You are free to interpret it. Whatever it is, you need to obey. <laughs> Hallelujah. He said, The eye that mocks a father and despises a mother's instructions will be plugged out by a raven. When your eyes are plugged, it means you will walk around visionless. You will be visionless in life. Ravens of the valley, low of the low, and eating. Your eyes will be eaten by vultures. And you see, vultures don't eat live meat. They like dead meat. So that means before the vultures will eat you, you will even be dead <laughs> already. May that not be your story in Jesus' name. The eye that mocks. You shouldn't mock your parents. Make fun of them. You shouldn't mock your, your spiritual parents either. I'll come to the issue of, of spiritual parents very soon. We'll define it well. Now, now there's like people this, we, we have reduced spiritual fatherhood to just seed. Bring me venison. <laughs> that is how we know. No, no, no. It is more than that. Hallelujah. It is more than that. You let me wait. I'll get there. Is that the eye that mocks? Mock. A very sad example is found in Genesis chapter 9, 21 to 23. Very, very sad. Sometimes you must allow your parents to be human, both spiritual and earthly. 
allow them to be human. Noah decided to plant a vineyard. And he said, the grapes are nice. So he turned some into wine. And of course, from the story, we know that the wine fermented. <laughs> and so it had some alcohol in it. And then the Bible says in the verse 21, Then he drank of the wine and was drunk and became uncovered in his tent. You say, ah, no, a man of God. Why should you allow yourself to get drunk like that? There are times when, that's why they are not called God of men, but men of God. There are certain times human frailties, human weaknesses may take over. Verse 22. It said, And Ham, the father of Canaan, saw the nakedness of his father and told his two brothers the nakedness. Nakedness here can represent anything, anything that is embarrassing, anything that is not of a good report, anything that you shouldn't be proud sharing. When you come across such information, what do you do? Do you publish it? Do you broadcast it? Do you call other people? That hey, this is uh, this is what has happened to me. I'm even shocked. How on earth could this man that I respect so much do such a thing? It can apply to earthly fathers. It can apply to spiritual fathers. Is that Enham, the father of Canaan, saw the nakedness of his father? And told his two brothers Sometimes when you relate very very closely With men of God You see certain human parts of them How do you relate to it Do you allow familiarity to come in And the truth is that once familiarity comes in It blocks the flow of the release of the anointing When Jesus went to his own people When he started ministry When you go back and read that scripture well, In the beginning things were happening The word was flowing some healings and things were taking place. Then suddenly somebody recognized him. He said, Is that not the carpenter's son? Say, Oh, you that you were with us here some time back. You were disturbing us with your nails and hammer. You had pencil inside your head. You this Ima, Ima, Ima. Emmanuel for short for Ima, Ima. Today you say you were a prophet. Kai, is that not the carpenter's son? Suddenly the flow of the anointing was cut. And the Bible said he laid his hands on just a few people and left. He couldn't do many miracles because of familiarity. So Ham saw the nakedness of his father and he told these two brothers instead of keeping quiet. In fact, it was the brothers who did what was supposed to have done. He should have covered the nakedness of his father. Sometimes your earthly fathers, they, 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 they have certain weaknesses. They, they, there are certain things that you don't go broadcasting. You don't go talking about it in a derogatory way that even me, I will not do that. Even me, in his maturity, opinion to sell. Opinion to sell. Is that, and he told his two brothers, verse 23. Is that, but Shem and Japheth took a garment. So when it happens like that, you have to take a garment. Laid it on both their shoulders and look at the, the maturity here and went backward and covered the nakedness of their father and said look I, I don't want any curse upon myself I won't even allow myself to see this thing let me tell you something it's not every post you read on the net about a man of God 
that is true. There are some of these things that are orchestrated from the pits of hell just to put doubts in the minds of the people that are benefiting from their ministry. It's not everything that you think, and it's not everything that you share. You see the post, and then you say, Hey, fella, you put it on the page. Show all of you look some Facebook show. show. Meanwhile, good messages you will not share. Messages that will bless people. This one, like this, that is helping people, you will not share. But let some news break right now that a top bishop somewhere, Methodist, this, a charismatic, this, has done this, and you are in a hurry to share. You have the spirit of harm. May you have the, the, the spirit of Shem and Japheth. Where you, you, you deal with these things with maturity. They went backward and covered their father's nakedness. And their faces were turned away. It's not that the thing is not there. It's there. But they said, I won't, I won't look. I'm not interested. And they did not see their father's nakedness. Now let's jump to verse 25. Let's jump to verse 25. When the old man got up, I don't know how he knew. Maybe Shem and Japheth chooked. I don't know. Because I'm sure by the time he woke up, he had been coming. I don't know how he got to know. But he was a spiritual man. In spite of the fact that he was drunk. He was a, I don't know how he knew that the youngest one came and peeped and went to broadcast. He said, then he said, he was angry and he wanted somebody to get he said curse be canaan a servant of servants he shall be to his brethren now a very interesting dynamic of curses comes in here canaan is the son of ham the one who went and did the bad thing canaan hasn't done anything why is it that old man you've woken up you want somebody to curse by all means why do you jump Ham, the one who did the thing, and you go and curse Canaan? Note, the curse was not on Ham. So this myth, this whole so-called revelation that Africans are the descendants of Ham, and because of that, Africans are cursed. That's why they said, we shall be servants of his brethren. That means all the other races will serve them. We'll go to their countries and do wala to wala sa. And they'll pay us little money and things like that. It's because of this. Let me clarify this to you today. That curse was not on Ham. The curse was upon Canaan. Now, Ham had four children. Mizrim, he had Put, he had Cush, and he had Canaan. Africans are the descendants of Cush. We are Kushites. In the Bible, when we talk about a Kushite, we are talking about a dark-skinned person, Kodaki, like us. We are Kushites. We are not Canaanites. The Canaanites were the ones Israel went to meet in the promised land and they flashed them out. They were not black people like you and I. So, today, let that mentality be broken. That the black man, the black man is not care. Our problems, we don't know what is causing them. <laughs> but it is certainly not from this case that Noah <laughs> pronounced. That curse was on Canaan. The descendants of Canaan are in the Middle East. They are not in Africa. We are descendants of Cush. And that curse didn't come upon us. And so ask yourself, why is it that this 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 man didn't curse him, but rather the innocent grandson? The man had to curse somebody at all costs. 
But he couldn't curse Ham because Ham had a certain insulation. He had a certain protection. Let's read the same Genesis chapter 9 verse 1. When a higher power has blessed you, a lower power cannot curse you. Genesis 9.1 It says, So God blessed Noah and his sons, that is Shem, Ham, Japheth, including Ham, the notorious troublesome. God had blessed them in the verse 1. A higher power had pronounced a blessing upon them. Who is drunken Noah to come and place a curse? You see, that is why a malam cannot place a curse on you. That is why a fetish priest cannot place a curse on you. They are operating from a lower level. When God himself has, has, has proclaimed a blessing upon you, they, they cannot curse you. Hallelujah. You can't come from a lower floor and move to a higher floor and go and curse somebody. It doesn't work. Unless the one on the higher floor decides to descend into your gutter and to descend into your arena. So this is a clear example of how parental authority, how, how curses from parental authority can take place. In the same way too with blessings. If you read Genesis chapter 49, there's no time. Jacob pronounced certain blessings upon his children. And later in the Bible, you see the effects of those blessings upon their children. For some of them, he even told them where in the promised land they will occupy. And it happened that way exactly. So the words of parents are very, very powerful. Spiritual parents, earthly parents, especially on their deathbed. Especially on their deathbed. I don't know what it is about the dynamics of releasing words on the deathbed, but they tend to be very powerful and they tend to go very far. Very, very, very far into history. And so parents, be careful the words you release upon your children. And children don't provoke your parents to say certain things. Sometimes the, the children can can annoy you and hurt you to the point where you open your mouth and say, Oh, be brepa, oh, be brepa. Let me tell you, the atmosphere is full of angels and demons. Angels are ready to, to carry good words and to work on them. The demons who are waiting say something bad. Let me just take it. Because yes, the child might have done something bad. So there is a basis for it. And you release the words and these demons they take it today may you reverse any words you have spoken unto somebody out of hate out of disappointment out of bitterness so parents husbands have authority over their wives according to scripture whether we like it or not that's how god created it hallelujah that's how god created it and maybe if i were god out i said they were equal but I'm not God. <laughs> God says the man is the head of the woman. That is it. There is a, a relational thing here. And so, husbands to the things you say can affect your wives. Amen. Don't be careless with the things you say. Don't get angry and talk by heart. If, you, if you're a man and you can even get angry and exchange words with your wife and even go to the extent of saying, I am the head of this house, it means you have lost. It's like, you, you don't need to open your mouth and say that thing. If you need to open your mouth and say it, it means there's something wrong somewhere. You are probably not. It should be too obvious for you to have to open your mouth and say it. I am the head of, I am the head of this house. I am the man. And people open their mouths and say all sorts of things. There's an example in the Bible where a husband even inadvertently cursed his wife and it cost her her life. It wasn't even intentional. 
but because there was a basis there was a foundation for that case it came to pass i'm talking about what do you call it jacob and rahel jacob had gone to serve their father-in-law 14 years plus this is serious hard labor 14 years is like doing medical school twice get a woman hard like he worked hard <laughs> now you are, have put it in perspective you are seeing how serious the thing is <laughs> and after he realized though the father-in-law was cheating him he was bringing a lot of prosperity to the father-in-law and things like that but you you can't cheat a 419 man this man when he was born his name is a supplanter <laughs> you, you can't cheat a 419 man his father a patriarch he deceived him so you Jethro what do you think you are a, you did him 419 by it was 419 Jethro was trying to prove to you if you are 419 me too I'm you have worked 7 years okay this guy is and then you married the wrong person oh sorry <laughs> I didn't even know okay if you want this one then Charlie do another seven years for me and he decided that look I'm going to take the sheep and the goat before then he went into an agreement with him that okay the sheep that are produced the spotted ones are mine the plain ones are so fine at the time the plain ones were more so Jethro thought but don't joke with a 419 man don't joke with a froster <laughs> they said what he planted I don't know what kind of technology it was he planted some trees with some color whatever he knew where the animals mated such that when they were looking at those trees while they mated it caught up to now i don't think anybody has been able to uh, scientifically explain this is high level fraud it's, it's like yoko cannot you know you you can't trace it and you can't verify it and so all the animals became spotted so he realized ah jacob had become rich charlie this is the time to run away he decided to take his family and to run away and rahel took their family gods with her you you are jacob's wife you still want gods for what what do you want gods for and jethro noticed it and they chased them when they caught them he said somebody has taken my household gods and in Genesis 31, 32, Jacob made a certain statement. He said, whoever has Jethro's gods, that person will die. But you see, at that time, Rachel was in her menses. So she sat on the gods. When she said, those days when you're, like, don't, they don't touch you, you don't move. And so they couldn't search where she was well. And so they didn't find it. And they left and went but the case had been declared he said whoever has it and there was a basis for it because she stole the thing so the case could land a few verses chapters later rahel was delivering prolonged second stage or breach those days they didn't have a lot of proper medical technology and she lost her life because her husband made a certain declaration so husbands you don't open your mouth and say certain things especially in anger in frustration because in terms of authority you carry a certain authority over your wife 
both spiritual and whatever okay so parents husbands and let me dwell a little more when it comes to cases from spiritual authority you see um there are certain dynamics we need to understand we are all not the same we are all not the same what is sitting on some people's heads if half of it is put on your head you will collapse but those people have it on their heads and they are walking straight we are all not the same and this is something we need to appreciate if we are not the same it means you don't treat all people the same sometimes when these things are preached it's like pastors and men of God want to be worshipped if, if you want to then there is really something wrong with you I'm not talking about respecting men of God to the point of replacing God with them but I'll show you certain scriptures that make us realize that we are all not the same we are all not the same. You see, people that God has called, He places. You see, we are all carriers of the glory of God by different degrees. If you read Isaiah chapter four, verse five, it makes a certain statement. It says, "Where the glory is, there is a defense. Where the glory is, there is a defense, or there shall be a defense. God will always place a defense around His glory." That is why the Holy of Holies, you don't enter by heart because that is where the Shekinah is. That is why you couldn't handle the Ark of the Covenant by heart anyway with disrespect. Uzzah tried it and he was struck down. Where the glory is, there shall be a defense. When God placed blessings upon Abraham, he added a defense. He said, whoever blesses you shall be blessed and whoever curses you shall be cursed. God was blessed a defense where he has placed his glory hallelujah we are all carriers of the glory but to different levels and let us allow this thing to sink into our hearts sink into our mind and this thing i'm talking i'm talking about genuine men of god i'm not talking about frosters i'm not talking about people who call themselves into ministry and people who are in there as charlatans to drain people of their money and to sleep with people. I'm not talking about those people. They are not men of God. Those people are not men of God. I'm talking about genuine, anointed, called men of God. Hallelujah. Whatever denomination. Charismatics and Pentecostals think they are the only anointed people. Continue thinking that way. It is a, a huge error. In my ministry, some of the greatest moves of God, I've seen them in Orthodox churches. So don't, don't, don't think uh, uh, the, the Holy Spirit is only in charismatic judges and Pentecostal churches. So this is I'm talking about. It cuts across denominations. I'm talking about genuine anointed men of God. People called by God. Hallelujah. Not people who invited themselves. People who, call, who are called by God. Those people are carriers of a certain level of the glory that calls for a defense. A defense. If you joke with those people, you joke with God. We are all not the same. Let it, I'm saying it so that it, it enters your heart and enters your spirit. All of us are not the same. We all don't have audience with heaven the same way. 
we all don't have audience with heaven in the same way. And so because of this defense God places upon his servants, when you handle them anyhow, this defense has a way of uh, doing certain things that can be unpleasant sometimes. That's what the Bible says, touch not my anointed and do my prophets no harm. Some people went and they wanted to go and arrest Elijah. It said, man of God. You see, when you're going for such a thing, don't even make a mistake of addressing him as a man of God. You know he's a man of God, but you are going to arrest him. It said, man of God, come down. He said, okay, let me take a portion from your own sentence. If I be a man of God, let fire come down from heaven and consume you and your fifties immediately. Roasted human being, human flesh, just like that. Those old prophets, they could cancel. If you do, Elijah, Elijah, even David was a top class cursor. Psalms, there are curses there, plenty. He, he could curse not just human beings. Mountain of Gilboa, where Saul, what has the mountain done? Where Saul was killed. He said, ye mountains of Gilboa. He said, let there be no rain or dew. Up to now, scientifically, the Israelis have a lot of technology. They've tried to change the climate over that place. They can't. Because a man of God spoke somewhere some time ago. Because a king, who was even looking for him to kill him, had died there. And he made a certain statement afterwards. He said, how are the mighty falling? He said, tell it not in God and publish it not in Ashkelon. When the mighty fall, it is not your duty to go publishing it. Even though he died in his sins, even though he died having backslidden, he said, how are the mighty falling? Don't publish it in Ashkelon. Don't tell it in God. That is how you relate to the anointing. You see, David was a unique man. He, he understood the anointing. This is somebody, he should have been rejoicing that, oh, my enemies have been eliminated. Oh, God. And things like that. No. But he understood the anointing. Wait, go, go and read that, that portion of scripture. He says, how could they die as if oil was never poured upon their heads? He said, don't say it anyway. Just keep quiet about it. The one who brought the news, he killed it. These people understood certain dynamics, understood certain things to certain levels that you and I may never get to know. You may never get to know. Elijah said, if I be a man of God, let fire come down and consume you. There was a day, the late Archbishop Benson did a hosa. Somebody sexually molested one of his church members. And the person came from the house of a prominent chief. Nigerian, they call you chief. You're a big man. And so the authorities were like justice was not being served. And one day he stood in church and placed his hand upon the altar. Made certain declarations. He said, let the sword of God enter that house. And let them begin to fall like flies. Oh, but the next day somebody died there. Following day, somebody died. Another day, the people just started dying, 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 dying. What you should have done was to remove the culprit, go and give him to the police. Hey, catch him so that we stop dying. The people were just dying. 
and they sent a delegation. They were told that the man of God had, had pronounced the case. They sent a delegation to the church. As they were coming, they entered the church. It said, if you take any further steps, the case is amplified. <laughs> you better leave and go. <laughs> we are all not the same. We are all not the same. We are all not the same. Look, you, you need to, to know how to respect God's servants. Don't treat them as gods, no. But respect. Don't, don't behave like a child. Approach anointings with maturity. Let's read Second Kings. Another champion Kesa. Let's read Second Kings. Chapter 2. Let's first read. Okay, let's read 19 to 21 first. 19 to 21 first. Another serial Kesa. This was Elisha. He was approaching a certain city. You see, the, the anointing is dichotomous. When we say dichotomous, it's like when I use the word dichotomous, just imagine a two-pronged fork or the tongue of a snake. Out of the same thing, two different things can come out of it. That means it can be a blessing unto you. It can also be a curse unto you, depending on how you relate to it. Now, it says, and the men of the city, men represents maturity. People who are sound-minded. The men of the city said unto Elijah, Behold, I pray thee, the situation of this city is pleasant. As my Lord seeth, but the water is not, and the ground barren. This man is not water company. He's not water and sewage, what do you call it? But <laughs> they had heard of him and knew that this was not an ordinary human being. And so their water work problems. He went and saw him with it. Next verse. He said, and he said, bring me a new cruise. This one, supernatural signs. And put salt therein, and they brought it to him. The verse 21. He said, and he went forth unto the spring of the waters and cast the salt in there and said, Thus saith the Lord, I have healed these waters. There shall not be from hence any more death or barren. These were people who approached the anointing with maturity. They were men. Contrast this. Now let's go to verse 23. It was men, mature people. They honored the anointing, respected it, and it was beneficial unto them. And listen to this. And he went up from thence unto Bethel. And as he was going up by the way, there came forth little children. Don't be a little child. Don't be immature. Don't behave immaturely. And out of the city. And mocked him. And said unto him, Go up, thou bowed head. Go up, thou bowed head. This one, Elisha, have mercy small. These are little children. Let's see what he did in verse 24. And he turned back and looked at them and cursed them in what? This one, it wasn't voodoo. He said, in the name of the Lord. And there came forth two she bears out of the wood 
and taught forty and two children of them. Hey, man of God, small your small motorway that they have decided to mock. But you see, if you understand that scripture well, it was more than just mocking his Bibles. The real thing was in the go up, go up that they said. And let me explain it to you. Elijah had just seen of his spiritual father who went up. And he came to tell the story. And people were saying, oh, you are lying. It is not true. So the children are mocking. Okay, then you two go up. You two let the chariots come and take you. So in doing this, they were not only mocking him, they were also mocking his spiritual father. So it was double anointing of two curses <laughs> coming together. And one even carried a double portion of the first one. So, so triple <laughs> exponential curse. And that was it. 42. But you see, I'll make a statement about these things getting to the end of my sermon Joshua made a certain curse when they destroyed Jericho he said the one who rebuilds this wall you lay the foundation with your firstborn and you build the gates with your lastborn but there was a man he was called heel or so heel or something yeah he went and rebuilt the I don't know whether he might was 500 years later they didn't keep history he went and rebuilt the gates. He laid the foundation. His firstborn died. By the time he had built the gates, the lastborn had also died. There are certain people, their words carry a lot of power. A lot of... And, and the words go from, from year to year, generation to generation. We must learn how to relate to our spiritual fathers. So the question is, who is even a spiritual father? Who is a spiritual father? Paul made a very interesting statement in 1 Corinthians chapter 4, verse 15. 1 Corinthians 4, 15. Let's see what the Bible says. It said, for though you might have 10,000 instructors in Christ, yet you do not have many fathers. Some people use the scripture to, 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 to teach wrongly that you can only have one spiritual father. That is not what I get when I read it. It says you do not have many. What it, it didn't say you, you have only one. It says you do not have many. That means it can be two. It can be three. When it's becoming 25. <laughs> then in actual fact, most of them are instructors. Who are instructors? Instructors are people you learn from. You receive from. You learn from. You can't say somebody is your spiritual father when the only relationship you have is that you watch their preachings on YouTube. You can't say that is your father. That cannot be your spiritual father. They are instructors. They are people you learn from. If anybody who teaches you is your father, then all your teachers from class one, class two, class, they are all your fathers. The role of a father is way more than that. If you can't call the person when you are in distress, the person cannot call himself your father. If you can't discuss life issues, life's milestones, if you can't rely on the person to be with you in difficult times, you can't call the person your father. 
If you can't call the person for counsel, when you need it, you can't call the person. In fact, the person is an instructor. So, so, so you can't download somebody's messages and soak them and listen. They are instructors. It's good. You can have tens and thousands of them because there are diversities of anointings and you need to receive from different angles. But those people are not your fathers. They are not your fathers. You don't even have their phone number. Even if you want it, you will not get. <laughs> you will not get. Hallelujah. Look, once you belong to a church, your pastor must be one of your spiritual fathers. It's, it's as simple as that. Your, your pa- you, you, you can't be in a church and you consider other people. And this is what I'm saying. Whoever is listening to me, whether you are Methodist, Anglican, Charismatic, Pentecost, it applies to you. Hallelujah. If you can't appreciate the person as your spiritual father, you don't have any business being under the person's ministry. You don't have any business being under the person's ministry. Hallelujah. You can have others, but the one you sit under weekly, the one who dedicates your children, the one who blesses your marriage, that one is not the father. Maybe because they don't work miracles. <laughs> Maybe they don't prophesy. See, I like the, the, the there's something I like about the, the Catholics and the Anglicans. They call their pastors father. It is a It's like once you are here, he is your father. <laughs> Hallelujah. So you can't say, oh, because my instructors, the ones I listen to, they are more popular. They have a larger following. You, you, you give them more honor. You will respect the one that, if trouble comes right now, he's the one who is going to follow you. The work of a pastor is one of the most thankless jobs you can get. I'm telling you, it's one of the most diverse jobs. You, you have to be multifaceted. One moment you are giving a counsel on how the person should build their house. Next moment somebody is coming to see you with a business plan. You may not have done business administration before but you have to depend on the unction to be able to give counsel. <laughs> Tomorrow it is this. You are giving them counsel on their marriage. Is it, which job is this diverse? You have to be a jack of all trades. You need to know a little bit about everything. If the person gets a law case, cry, you should know small law and advise him that no go this way instead of this way. Because sometimes when you just pray for the people, it's not enough for them. You want to hear something more. Hallelujah. It's one of the most diverse one of, and your life as a pastor is always sinusoidal. And let me explain. One moment you are in a high, you are happy because probably something good has happened in your life. But the next moment a phone call will come from a church member and something bad is happening in the person's life a relative is sick or something and it neutralizes your joy like how a curse neutralizes blessings and so your life one moment you are happy the next moment you may come to church happy but you live with burdens because people come and dump them on you and expect that as a father you do something i'm telling you this so that you start appreciating your pastors I'm not on appreciation materially, but at least respect them. Don't don't speak to them anyhow. Respect them. The job of a pastor is not easy. If you don't know you're a pastor and you prosper, 
it is poor people's money. Oh, a pastor doesn't have the right to 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 have brilliant business ideas, but the pastor can give is allowed to give the church member a brilliant business idea for the church member to 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 prosper. But if the if the pastor prospers, oh, it is poor people's money. As somebody said, whose money in Ghana here doesn't have poor people's money inside? The pharmacist has poor people's money. His money has poor. doctor. There's a poor person's money inside. Everybody, there's a poor person. But pastor alone, they say it's poor people's money. We need to honor our spiritual parents. We need to honor our spiritual fathers. You don't stand somewhere and, and, and people are talking about your pastor and you, you support. And you add. You say, oh, you didn't know this. And you give extra information. Oh, I saw that man. He's not what you think. Oh, he's not what you think. Appreciate your pastors. Appreciate your pastors. First Corinthians. There's a scripture. I forgot. It says, "Obey them that have rule over you." And it talks about the fact that they, they watch after your souls, so that they will not give an account of you in bitterness. That scripture, there's a lot of debate as to whether that account is in heaven or will give the account on earth. That day in heaven, me, I just want to collect my awards and goals. I don't want to be as hey, so this person, how they, I won't even remember. <laughs> but I believe your pastor can give an account of you to God here on earth. If he's always praying, Lord, let him come to church regularly, it's an account. Because when you are in church today, tomorrow you are not there. Lord, let him come to church on time. It's an account. Lord, help him to stop chasing women. It's an account. That is given through their prayers. He says, obey them that have rule over you. But you see, as a man of God, though you are mandated to curse, you have a stronger obligation to bless the people that God has placed under you. When you read Luke chapter 9, 54 to 55, Luke chapter 9, you see, now we've come to glorify cursing, cursing, cursing. Now, when you offend a man of God, the first thing, hey, I shall curse you. Even when you leave people, like ministry, when you leave, the first is that they want to curse you. But I always say, look, nobody has shed his blood for anybody. You don't own any soul. If you're a pastor and you are listening to me, you don't own the souls. The souls are forgotten. They were redeemed by the precious blood of Jesus Christ. You can never reproduce that. So no soul is yours. That member came from somewhere to join your church. So if he's leaving to go somewhere else, what is your problem? He said, and when his disciples, James and John, they had gone to Samaria to go and preach, and the people didn't accept their ministry. And nowadays, that's what people do. It's like, so you are rejecting my ministry. Like, you are living here to go where? What is it that I don't carry? That the other place you are going to, you will find. And this is and because of that, it shall never be well with you. Such cases will not work, trust me. Oh, believe me, there's no basis for such a case. If you receive such a case from a pastor, sleep, it will not happen. Nothing will happen to you. He said, and when he's disabled, but if you hurt him before you went, if you did something, but you stole church money, 
you you convince other church members wrongly with lies about him to the that one if he speaks the angels will carry the demons to all of them will carry <laughs> and make sure it happens is that and when his disciples after they had been rejected by the people of samaria james and john saw this they said lord do you want us to command fire to come down from heaven and consume them just as elijah did so they were using elijah as an example now the lord they have rejected us look at the anointing we carry we are going to preach it they said get out get out get out of here just as elijah did and look at what jesus told them he said but he turned and rebuked them and said you do not know what manner of spirit you are of ladies and gentlemen we christians we don't carry the spirit of elijah we don't carry the spirit of elijah all those who were mentioned in hebrews chapter 11 heroes of faith but when we got to the verse the chapter 12 verse 1 he said when he talked about running the race he didn't say looking up unto moses he didn't say looking up unto david he didn't say looking up unto elijah he didn't say looking up unto elisha he said but looking unto jesus the author and the finisher of our faith jesus is our ultimate example and this was his attitude towards case so you don't know the man of spirit you are off the only time jesus cares in the bible it was a fig tree an innocent fig tree but the question was it was the fig tree that innocent <laughs> i don't want to go into certain things because it doesn't it doesn't make sense for him to curse a victory when he knew it wasn't supposed to be producing fruit there are a lot of theological standpoints but there's one standpoint it's only african preachers who will say that one american preachers will not talk that way australian preachers will not talk that way british preachers are there still british preachers british preachers will not is we africa because we know what we are saying you want to know what their that standpoint is that point is that that tree was not an ordinary tree it was a demon possessed tree why when jesus was going to speak to him, the bible said and jesus answered the fig tree that means the fig tree spoke <laughs> you see why i said it's only america don't preach this one a tree speaking what do you mean when did the tree have a voice but go to navrongo you see trees that talk <laughs> go to that they don't only talk they can snatch fowls from you you pass by them with a fire and the fowl will disappear and enter the stem i'm telling you two things now you say and jesus answered the freak tree look the earth and the demons the way they are distributed there are some that are civilized in certain places right? the demons in america they are very very similar they don't do certain things even here a crowd the demons here are different start moving towards certain regions and you begin to see raw demonic power those who have followed me to volta region for fire rally before you will note that my ministrations there are different when i do fire rally in accra when i finish ministry and i start laying hands on people 30 minutes i'm done there i can do three hours because all sorts of things there was any a demon possessed lady beat me nobody has beaten me in accra before <laughs> 
So depending on the geographical location, things are different in different places. So we'll give different interpretations to scripture. Let me move away from that. But Jesus gets a victory. But Jesus said, you do not know the spirit that you are made of. We are mandated to bless people. We are mandated to speak good things into people. Because of the, the father-son-daughter relationship, when, when a man of God speaks into your life, things are activated. I'll end with a story. The man of God, Pastor Adeboye, he said there was a time his head pastor took them to a Kenneth Hagen camp meeting many years ago. When they got there, he saw miracles he had never seen before. He saw the power of God, the hand of God move like he had never seen before. It was like, wow, I must tap into this. And it was difficult getting to meet the man of God one-on-one because people have come from all over the world to the camp meeting. But he managed to use the Nigerian Takashi Godewade to break through and he got an appointment with him. And they told him, you can only meet him for 15 minutes. So when the other pastors, junior pastors that he went with, that time he wasn't the general overseer of the church, heard that he had, in fact, not just those from his church, other Nigerians, Heard that he had got, I said, We shall go with you. So it was a whole delegation. They went to see the man of God. They knew they had only 15 minutes. So he asked this one, What do you want? He said, Oh, I want permission to distribute your books in Nigeria. Asked another, What do you want? He said, I want permission to distribute your magazines in Nigeria. Asked another, What do you want? I want permission to distribute your tapes your cassettes in nigeria he said okay and he asked adeboye what do you want he said i want what makes you you i want what is upon your life i want what caused the things that i saw in the meetings to start happening that is what i'm looking for can i hear and call this woman? he said this man wants tapes give him tapes this one wants magazines give him magazines this one wants books give him books the rest of you get out Adeboye, stay alone. He said the man just switched into praying in the Holy Ghost. As he walked towards him and he lifted up his hand, he didn't even touch him. He couldn't remember anything again. The power of God knocked him off. By the time he woke up, the man of God had his hand upon his head and he was speaking in tongues and making declarations upon his life. Sometimes when you come into contact with somebody who is anointed, don't look for money. look for money look for words look for blessings Elijah had the prophetic school the rest they graduated with a textbook in their hands but there was one with a different spirit called Elijah he followed the man he said I want a double portion of your spirit the others graduated with a textbook in their hands, but Elisha left the school with a mantle. When he made that request, the man of God said, you have asked a hard thing, but if you see me go, if you see me go, that is a sermon I've not preached yet. If you see me go. That statement carries a lot. If you see me go. 
if you see me go if you see me go means the chariot is going to come but you can be you must be patient enough to accept that this is my moment of glory you can't join me what i've been through you haven't been through it what i've suffered you've not suffered what i've seen you have not seen so stand still watch me be glorified sometimes god starts blessing your fathers gives them a certain level of honor gives them even something a certain level of wealth and and you want the same thing at the same time meanwhile what they have seen you have not seen what they have been through you have not been through he said if you see me go what you have asked is yours he was patient enough to watch his father go glorified by by the chariots of fire and the mantle fell and he received it my prayer is that you approach anointings with maturity you honor the anointings that are upon the men of God that God has brought into your life I pray that you position yourself strategically to receive double portions of the things that you see look the things you see in the men that you, 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 you admire there is much more in store Jesus said if you believe in me the things that I do you shall do an even greater ways people have been started doing a quarter of what Jesus Christ did that means that there is more room if they wrote 12 books you can write 24 if they raised 10 dead you can raise 20 if they healed 26 people you can heal 40 it's just a matter of knowing the timings of God and knowing that this is my my, my time and my turn I pray that the Lord releases his blessings upon your life there is a reason why men of God are instructed in the scriptures to release blessings when the people congregate that's when the bible said may the lord make his face to shine upon you and be gracious unto you may the lord lift up his countenance upon you may the lord release a blessing upon your life that will neutralize every curse that has been placed upon your life every curse every evil word that has been spoken today i stand in the authority of the name of jesus I stand mantled in the anointing of the Holy Spirit and I come with authority from a heavenly perspective and I speak a cancellation of every word that has been spoken against you that is working against your destiny and working against your progress in the name of Jesus Christ of Nazareth by virtue of the anointing we command jokes to be broken by virtue of the anointing, we command destinies to be released. By virtue of the anointing, we command mantles to be released upon the lives of people. In the name of Jesus Christ of Nazareth, where there is stagnation, we speak progress right now in the mighty name of Jesus. Where destinies have been truncated, we speak a reconstruction of the original plan of Jehovah for your life in the mighty name of Jesus. Where words that have been spoken are causing delays, we command the obstacles to be removed right now in the name of Jesus Christ of Nazareth. I stand in a position of authority as a pastor of this church and as your father and I override anything that the devil has spoken concerning your life, anything in human being has spoken upon your life that is militating negatively against you. I command those words to be cancelled right now in the name of Jesus Christ of Nazareth. 
and I stand in that same mantle and I release the blessings of Jehovah upon your life. I release the blessings of progress upon your life. I release the blessings of consistency in the spirit over your life. I release the blessings of open doors upon your life. I release the blessings of the healings of Jehovah unto your life. I release the blessings of abundance unto your life. In the name of Jesus Christ of Nazareth, the son of the living God, no cash shall have any cost to operate in your life anymore. In the name of Jesus Christ of Nazareth, the son of the living God, it said, arise and shine for your light has come and the glory of the Lord is risen upon you. I see the light of God rise upon somebody's life once again. Where you stood in darkness, the light of God is shining upon you once again. The spotlight is being moved upon your life once again. You are being dragged from the place of obscurity and you are being placed upon the hill. You are being placed in front of the stage in the name of Jesus Christ of Nazareth. Anything that has caused you to be behind, today I invoke that anointing that came upon Elijah that the Bible said the Spirit of God came upon Elijah and he ran ahead of the king's chariot let the spirit of divine acceleration come upon you right now acceleration in your academics acceleration in your career acceleration in your social life in the mighty name of Jesus we command every weight that prevents you from running fast in this rate or race of life to be removed today in the name of Jesus Christ of Nazareth, the Son of the Living God. May the Lord bless your life. May the Lord lift you up. May the Lord carry you out of the merry clay and set your feet upon the rock. May the days of a sinusoidal life be over in your life in the mighty name of Jesus. May the days of consistency begin from today in the mighty name of Jesus Christ of Nazareth. I speak progress. I speak liberty. I speak freedom into your life. In the mighty name of Jesus. To glory Father, to glory Son, to glory Holy Spirit. Forever, O Lord, thy word is settled in heaven. In Jesus' most excellent name have we prayed with thanksgiving. Amen. We trust you have been blessed by this message. For more information, reach us on 024-873-7252 or on our Facebook page, The Overflow Worship Center. Stay blessed. Overflow! 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 Overflow!